Welcome into this early signing day episode of the Young Terps podcast. And as always, Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times joins Jack and I to discuss the Terps signing day haul and all the flips and drama that comes with it. So let's get straight into it. Here is Jack and I with Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times. Now we welcome in Dave Lamonico to the podcast. Uh, a signing day tradition, Dave. Thanks for coming on tonight to talk about Lox's uh, class. Yeah, anytime, Mason. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of I'm enjoying this every year after year. I, I sit down yeah. here and, uh, and talk for forever about uh, Maryland's uh, what we've been, um, you know, delving into for the last year with these recruits and get to break it all down on signing day here. So. Yeah, let's see. I think we've been doing the podcast now for, geez, this might be year four of it. And we've done one of these every year, early signing day and usually signing day after February, too. And Jordan, who used to name the episodes, I believe this is either the seventh or the eighth time that you've been on with us. And it's always it's always a good time today. Uh, really no different than any of the other signing days when it comes down to what Mike Loxley gets done. He pulls in a couple guys that we'll talk about first. The big story, obviously, being Barham. Dave, uh, I think we all thought Maryland was going to get him on Saturday. He chooses South Carolina, then flips to the Terps early this morning. What do you know? What went down? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories out there about what actually happened with this one. Um, listen to Beamer what he was saying at South Carolina. Then obviously listen to what Loxley said. Um, I get the feeling um, just because everything we were hearing was that um, this kid was was done to Maryland on Saturday, and then when he picked South Carolina, we're like, you know, uh, there were some red flags. There were some alerts that went off in my mind. Um, because I've seen this before with recruits that were, you know, tagged to Maryland um, and they ended up either committing to another school or leaving Maryland out of their finalists when we were sure that they were bound for Maryland. And sometimes it's, you know, the kids wanting to, you know, do the, doing kid teenager stuff. I have a feeling there might have been some of that <laughs> that went on with this one where the kid knew that that he wanted to do like a signing day type of surprise type of deal. Um, whether he admits that or not, I think that that, that might've been in the cards, but maybe not. Um, there, there's, there's also the possibility that, that, that Loxley was able to get in there last minute um, and, and convince him otherwise. Now, now Beamer, Beamer, I listened to his thing and he said that he talked to, to Barham and his mother um, at 1130 the night before signing day. And they were all on board talking about how much they loved South Carolina. And then, Beamer said that he got a call from a source that told him that it was all part of the plan for him to eventually flip to Maryland signing day. Um, take, th- take that from what you will. I don't doubt that that might have been what happened. But no matter what, you know, he's here in the end. He's at Maryland. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, um, you know, Wayne asked me earlier today why a kid would kind of do this. And I said, well, everybody, you know, there's so many big recruits every year. And sometimes kids just want to make a splash. And, you know, I don't really always throw it into that because I feel like it paints all these guys in a bad light. But sometimes that's the case. People like to flip on signing day. They like to be the, you know, the last big target coming down for a school because, it you know, it, it brings a lot of uh, eyes to them. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's it's more teenager stuff than anything. It really doesn't make them look great in the eyes of, you know, every. it's kind of like – if, if this indeed does what happened, I almost feel bad for South Carolina in a way because they got played. Of course, Maryland's had that happen to them before, too. Um, so, you know, it, <laughs> but, you know, it's teenagers and kids stuff. So if that's indeed what happened. 
but whatever, he's here. And, um, you know, we're, um, Maryland's obviously happy to have him. And Dave, obviously, as you detailed a lot, went into that decision with him flipping from South Carolina. Um, Barham, just as a player and on the field, what specifically do you like about him and what do you think he can bring to, to the Terps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he played a lot of outside linebacker at St. Francis, had a chance to see him play. Um, but he's probably going to put on a few more pounds um, and, uh, and be more of that inside linebacker type um, in Maryland's 3-4. Um, he defends sideline to sideline. I like that. He's very aggressive. He hits hard. Um, he wraps up well. He attacks the gaps. Um, does everything that that, that you want a uh, that, that you sort of want a uh, middle linebacker to do. I'm um, very good at shedding, um, uh, th- things like that. Um, is going to have to improve his drops, um, his coverage skills, and um, just uh, making sure he gets used to the speed of the college game, which is always a bigger challenge that people realize for high school recruits um, and can stunt their development a little bit. But uh, you know, he's a guy that that could easily impact the defense from from day one maybe even earn a starting role like uh, like Jennings did um, this year. Yeah, and that's going to be key for Maryland, especially after they lose Jennings and, and Lewis there. The Terps' other big flip, and, and the one that I'm the most surprised about possibly uh, wasn't following all the intel on it, but Andre Roy Jr., the minute that I saw that he was visiting USC, Dave, I thought it was a done deal. You know, you get a guy at South Carolina with Lincoln Riley there. I, I would have thought that it was done, but Maryland pulls off a big one over James Franklin and Penn State. Uh, yeah, that was one that um, that we had projected. Uh, it got a little bit hairy with with uh, with USC. I wasn't sure what to think about that. But um, once he got back from USC without um, without flipping, um, I was pretty sure that he was going to to flip to Maryland. I, because um, which I had said when he had committed to Penn State at the mm-hmm. time, um, because people have to realize. Uh, Penn State wasn't even really talking to him when he committed there. <laughs> so it was a really, it was another really curious decision. And it was almost like the same thing as, as Barham where we're like, okay, we're hearing this kid might be planning something. And we sort of nailed that one down that that was going to happen. Um, thought that maybe USC would throw a wrench in things, but um, yeah, we, we, we pretty much figured that, that he was going to be flipping there. He wasn't, uh, I think that Penn State would have taken him but he wasn't the highest guy on their board. Um, whereas Maryland had really pushed for him because they really need linemen. So, um, you know, yeah, they do. And we'll talk about the rest of those guys here in a second. When you were following this one, I I saw you kind of had it pinned. Like you just said, as a surprise commit to Penn state that, that everybody was surprised about. Then he visited, did he visit Maryland for the Maryland Penn state game or the Maryland Iowa game? Oh yeah, the, the the day after he committed to Penn State, he um, or he yeah, the day after he committed to Penn State, or the week after, something like that. Um, he was in College Park, and it wasn't to see the Nittany Lions. I'll tell you that. So yeah, um, and I, I saw when I, I took a look at everything that you have on Terrapin Times. Of course, you can find all of Dave's work there. <laughs> that you had him as hot on your uh, recruiting hot board, your famed recruiting hot board uh, up on Terrapin Times. And, and at that moment, I kind of thought there was something to it, and you had him going to Maryland, and, and I'm glad that the Terps got him because they need guys that are, you know, when you look at his size, 6'6", six, six, already in the 300-pound range, they need more guys that are, have that size to kind of establish what they're doing in the future. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a guy that, I, that, that needs more work than some of the other. Um, you know, I, I really like their other tackle that went to Boston College that was projected to Maryland, um, Jude Bowery. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked his, uh, his length and athleticism. Um, Roy, 
is a guy he's going to need some developmental developmental work and we'll see if he has the the work ethic and the uh the conditioning to be able to get that done um but yeah he's definitely got upside you know six six he's got the he's got the ability to do it it's just a matter of if he puts it together on the field and is able to adjust and um you know progress quickly yeah, and sort of moving on from Andre Roy, the Terps brought in four four-star receivers in the class in the early signing period today. Specifically, I was interested in the fact that two of those receivers didn't play wide receiver in high school. They either played defense and or corner and or quarterback. What were your thoughts on that, Dave? And specifically Octavian Smith, who ran track, who has great speed and could be a great, a great offensive player for the Terps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Octavian Smith was a guy I saw. Um, yes, definitely. Um, very. Uh, actually, love the, love talking to the kid too. He's a, he's a really great kid. Um, great personality. Um, if you um, in future years, if he gets brought up for interviews, it'll be it'll be pretty cool because he's a he's a he's a cool kid. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely has a lot of speed, um, a lot of quickness. Um, almost, I think I compared him. He was he almost had like Lamar Jackson like moves when he was back there. So yeah, definitely has that elusiveness. Um, but he's got to put it all together. Um, like I said, I've seen this a ton of times where there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of high school kids out there that can run fast and make guys miss um, that don't succeed in Division I college football because either they can't run routes, their hands aren't there. Um, if they flip the defense, then, you know, they can't get their, their steps down, their, their drops, their transitions. Um, so, you know, he's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. It's all there. Um, now it's, um, you know, is he going to be able to put it together at the division one level? It might take him. Um, I, I'm not sure he's going to be, it's possible if he, if he develops quickly, um, in camp that he could be an instant impact guy. My gut is that he's going to need a year to, um, to get those fundamentals down for the position before he's ready to contribute. So, um, a guy like Shalik Knotts, um, he's more of a guy that, that I would see seeing the field pretty early because he's a pretty refined receiver for for a uh, for a high school kid as opposed to uh, to octavian and uh the other guy that you were talking about that played quarterback that was uh that was uh fisher was it or who was right yeah guy? yeah fisher yeah perry fisher yeah yeah underrated guy um didn't have any other power fives besides maryland um you know the staff likes his upside again but he he's he's another developmental same sort of boat um now of course i didn't get to see him play he's down in florida but um Six two guy um, looks like he can stretch the field and things like that, but um, is going to need some some development just on his fundamentals and things like that before he's ready to contribute. Yeah, Dave Perry Fisher, one of my favorite players in this class, and it seems like if the Terps ever end up in the old uh, Sean Petty situation, they got a couple options between Preston Howard, uh, Perry <laughs> Fisher, Octavian Smith. They'll they'll be able to stick a, a really really good athlete at least back there. Yeah, um, I'm not and, sure. I'm not sure they're going to run into that situation. I mean, knock on wood, that would be that'd be pretty desperate. But um, yeah, but yeah, definitely, they, those guys handle themselves well at quarterback for sure. Uh, another receiver that I think uh, has a lot of interest right now, the guy that brings the size to their to their wide receiver hall, Leon Houghton Jr. Uh, out of Richmond, Virginia, six four two ten. Where do you see him ending up? It and uh, follow on to that. A second question. Which one of these guys do you think uh, pushes for some playing time the most this upcoming well, year? Well, like I said, Knotts is, Knotts is that guy. I mean, you know, as long as he does the right thing. For high school guys, it's all about how, quick, how quickly they're able to pick up the offense or defense, um, you know, how, how they're able to translate that on the field. 
Um, and if the game moves too quickly forward, that we're not. So you never know. It could be – doesn't matter if you're a five-star guy or a two-star guy. Um, those, are the, those are the main things that determine if you're going to get on the field early or not. Um, and then if you can play special teams, that obviously helps as well. Um, so Knotts definitely looks like he could be one of those guys. Yeah, Halton would be probably second, I would think. He's a, he's a pretty well-regarded receiver um, out, of, out of Virginia. Had some, had some solid offers and options on the table. Um, Maryland and Zon Burden did pretty well with that one. Um, there and you know he's another six two or six four guy sort of like um uh, they I uh, think the staff um, compared when I would talk compared him to like a Dante Demas type sort of take over that type of big receiver matchup problem role and so um you know he could he could be someone that you see on the field in the next uh, year or two depending on how Maryland's depth chart works out with some of the guys coming back. The other big flip the Terps pulled in uh, at running back they pick up Brown out of. Uh, down towards Richmond, a Virginia Tech flip. What's your take on him? And definitely a guy that, at least according to what I'm looking at, as far as running back depth, will have an opportunity to see a lot of playing time uh, this upcoming year. Yeah, 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 we think so. Um, yeah, he's uh, he looks like the total pack. I didn't get a chance to go down to Richmond. That's a little far <laughs> to, to see him. Um, but, you know, his tape and what he brings to the table, he's got the skill set to be in to be an every down back. Um you know, uh, not not a true home run here. He's not going to run a, a four two forty, but he's a guy that can that can pop into the secondary, drag linebackers. Um, good vision. Um, th- when the, the vision thing is a big thing with me because Maryland's backs didn't have great vision this year, other than maybe a uh, Colby McDonald. Um, so you know, good patient behind his blocks. Um, uh, a power guy that can drag guys. Um, you know, so I really like his skill set a lot. Um, and someone that could probably carve out a pretty early role, depending on, you know, what Colby McDonald is able to do in the off season. And like if Roman Hemby develops, but he should, um, it looks like that, that Roman Brown's going to have a, a pretty significant role um, heading into his first year in college park. Yeah. I saw in your interview with him uh, that came out either last night or the night before on Terrapin times, you, you asked him about his game and he says that he feels like he's the guy that can do it all at running back. He's got the power to run guys over. He can catch the ball at the backfield. Do you think that he really is that complete package or well, Maryland have to spend some time developing? Well, I, I like guys that have confidence, not all. That. <laughs> you know, I'm, he's, he, uh, I mean, he pass blocking, you never know. Um, Cause you, you don't really get to see that. You don't see a lot of highlights of that on tape of guys pass blocking. That's usually the big holdup for, um, for high school running backs coming to the next level is pass blocking. It's, and it's so important, especially for a team that passes the ball like Maryland. So, you know, running backs might not get on the field if they can't pick up blitzes. So we'll have to see with that. I, I'm not. I'm not completely sure. He says he's good at it, but you, you never know. Um, you know, he, he's he's a he's a pretty good back. I'll tell you that. I don't know if he's a like I said. I don't think he's not a four two four three guy. But you know, he's got he's got the the skills to be an every down back. Let's say that. And one more interesting uh, recruit that Maryland wrapped up today was Preston Howard out of McDonough High School. He played quarterback there. I've seen him listed as an athlete some places. The bio that the university sent out has him listed as, as a tight end. Dave, what right. do you like about him, and what have, what have you seen from yeah, him? Yeah, I got to scout him. He, um, because he was quarterback, he played quarterback his junior year, and they finally were able, out of necessity, they had to. Um, but, um, yeah, he finally got to play tight end this year. Saw him a couple times. Um, yeah, he's got, he, I mean, he definitely has upside cause he's big. He's, he's got the frame 
and he's got some quickness to him. Um, he's got he's got some room to grow though. He's got to his, he's got to get his hands a little better. Um, needs a little bit more work on his route running, um, getting off the line, getting off blocks, um, things like that. He, he's a guy that, that that's going to need just a um, just a little bit of development there, some weight room work, and some work with Mike Miller as well. And we'll see what he's able to do. Some guys, like I said, some guys take to it and they they advance, and other guys, um, you know, don't. They fall down the depth chart. Um, and we saw that last year when Maryland brought in a couple of um, pretty highly regarded tight ends, and we thought that they could get on the field and they ended up taking a backseat to Oconquo and they couldn't quite break into the rotation except for a few snaps in uh, Dipper and, um, and uh, West Wolf. So um, we'll see where he fits into uh, this scheme. I have a feeling that he's probably not going to surpass um, uh, Wolf and, and, um, and Dipper, depending on how they develop this offseason as well. Yeah, and we'll also see where Corey Deitches lands if he. Oh yeah, Corey Deitches. Of... I always forget about Corey. Yeah, I always forget about Corey Deitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if he kind of sticks to that wide receiver role they had him at the Rutgers game, I think he'll probably move back in with to the tight end room uh, with Aconquo choosing to go ahead and pursue the NFL draft. I, I was just really going to say he's Preston Howard being is walking into one of the more crowded rooms as far as young talent. Uh, on this right. roster and that that's going to be a spot where he's going to have to come in and compete or cut out kind of the spot like you said dipper uh got a lot of role because he could really block you know so they'll figure out a strength for mike miller uh, obviously he's getting his props now big part of that 35 under or 30 under 35 list as right. far as around the country a couple more guys to get to on the offense uh the pair of gentlemen out of Glade, florida the home of also maryland uh, corner will likely they bring in two offensive linemen from down there and guys that they kind of had to hold on to uh, there at the end Canard uh, and Noir being uh, pursued by Florida where do you see them lining up for the Terps um yeah they're they're all tackles well I mean obviously I mean I think um, Keon Kindred could probably bump inside if they need him to but um and then obviously Colt Deary um the guy they got he's a center that they really like but yeah the other guys are are tackles which they need so um, you know, uh, Jacobian, um, Nonar, uh, basketball player, very athletic guy, um, just is raw and is going to need some, you know, uh, just uh, just some fundamental work. And we'll see. It's all up to the kids and how they work and what Brian Braswell is able to do with them. So um, a lot of these kids are in the same boat. Um, they're they're athletic guys. They're big. They're long. They fit the profile. It's just, um, you know. <laughs> how quickly and how, how well they take to the position and if they're able to, to, to get it done. I mean, you know, blitz pickup is a lot different in college than it is in, in high school. I mean, you know, the, the blocking schemes are a lot more complicated and, and it, ta- it takes a while for those guys to develop. So we'll see what Braswell or, you know, um, and how these guys take to it. Um, they're not going to, none of them are going to be guys that are going to, uh, at least I don't think are going to be guys that step in and, and play right away their first year and, their second year, they'll probably, if they're good enough, maybe work into the three deep or something like that, the two or three deep. So, yeah, a guy that I really like who also wrestled for the Terps, you mentioned him just now, Colton Deary. He plays alongside one of the biggest recruits of this class on the offensive line, his teammate from Malvern Prep heading over to Ohio State, a guy that picked up some interest uh, kind of late in the cycle possibly going to see some time at center if the Terps uh, take on a couple injuries this year. Definitely, again, kind of more the developmental guy in your mind. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mason. Um, I, I didn't know you asked a question about Deary, right? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he's the guy that, that that's going to – I mean, 
I think he's like two. He's got to build up his body first of all, and um, he's got he's a guy that could. Uh, it's hard for high school guys to step in and play right away on the line. Um, I'm not sure that that his body's going to be his body's going to be right um, immediately. Uh, I always like to think that 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 offensive linemen need at least a year before they're taking on significant steps, um, unless except for the rare few. Um, so I feel like he's probably going to need a year before he takes on that center spot. Um, so Maryland will have to have that, you know, Eric Harris or another stopgap um, there in the meantime. Um, I, I think I would think that they would want to move Spencer Anderson back out the right tackle. Yeah. Um, so, but he can obviously play there as well. But Deary's a guy that's definitely going to be part of their future, or they want to be part of their future. I'm not sure he's going to be ready next year, though. So. And then rounding up the offense, last offensive lineman to get to, and the only JUCO guy they signed today, Maximus McCree. Uh, Maryland had him really high on their list, according to you and others. Uh, not too much other attention. What do you kind of take of the 6'5", 285-pounder uh, out of Kansas City, Missouri, and Iowa Central? Oh, McCree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, typical JUCO guy. Um, you know you know how that goes, Mason. It's, it's bust or boom, you know, right? So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what, what happens. Um, you know, obviously, has this, another guy. That, that These guys are all the same. They got the they got the requisite size. They 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 looked the part. They got the tools. Um, it's just how quickly they develop. How quick um, you know? <laughs> some guys make it. Some guys don't. We saw that with some of the other guys. You, they, they brought in two developmental guys a couple years ago. They brought in DJ Glaze and Zach Perkins. DJ Glaze advanced and ended up starting and rotating through and in the two deep. Zach Perkins didn't make it and end up transferring out. So, you know, <laughs> they were both similar type of type of guys and one worked, one didn't. So um, McCree is another Juco and they are usually either, you know, they, they step in like an Amy Finau or a Messiah Nasili Kite mm. and contribute or they or they fall flat. So we'll see. <laughs> and we missed one guy that Maryland signed still offensively. They signed one quarterback, Jaden Saray, out of another guy out of Maryland, four star quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah, got to see him play um, a couple times, or uh, once this once this year, and then his freshman, obviously not last year. So to get, well, I saw, actually no, I saw him twice this year, and um, yeah, uh, I I think he's a, he's a solid developmental quarterback. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, he's got he's 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 a very poised quarterback. He seems to read well. Um, I like how he goes through his progressions. Um, you know, you can tell he's had a lot of training because he's able to repeat his follow through. Um, he knows how to step up in the pocket, things like that. But um, he's just got to get more consistent all around with his fundamentals. Um, it's just uh, you know, th- there's some games where you see where where he'll get rattled a little bit, even though he is poised. Um, some games where his um, his throws will be a bit off and his accuracy will wane, especially down the field, uh, because um, you know his arm angle might might not be one point, things like that. So he's got to he's got to clean up uh, a little bit there, and then then obviously prove that that he can make throws and and um, and read college defenses, which is always a, a big thing for high school quarterbacks uh, going to the next level. Um, so you know we'll see. I I I, I didn't dislike Sare, but you know, it's just going to take a little time. He's, I don't think he's going to be ready his first or second year to take over this offense. So we'll see what he's able to do under Enos and Loxley and what, and uh, you know, he's got some upside and we'll see how he develops. Dave, do you think they really missed uh, not really finishing the deal or closing the deal with AJ Swan and 
how serious were they about Bennett Meredith, the quarterback that they lost today to Arizona State? Yeah, um, Swan, I think, was uh, – again, I always hate commenting on guys that I didn't get to see in person. Um, but Swan looked like – I mean, from – I mean, he did enough to get some get some uh, pretty significant offers. Georgia Tech wanted him, and then obviously Vanderbilt um, took him and things like that. Um, heard some good things in reviews. I liked this film. Um, I thought of the two quarterbacks that they had, I thought that Swan had a better chance of, of getting that lead role um, compared to the two. So in that sense, he was a loss. Um, so – you know, Maryland's probably going to replace him with a transfer guy or, or something like that. Meredith was a guy they jumped on because they wanted two quarterbacks in the 2022 class because they didn't take one last year. He's a guy that decommitted from Northwestern. Um, and, uh, you know, Maryland sort of jumped on him a little late there in the game. Arizona State had been on them a little longer. Um, you know, Maryland felt good about him heading into his official visit here. Um, and they would have taken him. But um, ultimately, you know, it, it didn't work out. Um, don't think it's a huge, huge loss there for that. Um, not sure how much better he was or maybe not even as good as Sare. So I think Maryland's probably pretty content to, you know, go with the transfer portal route and see what they can uncover there. All right. And that wraps up the offense. We'll talk a little bit about the defense here. We're ready hit on Barham. So we'll kind of just go down the list here. Andrew Bam Booker, brother of. Uh, Terps defensive tackle or nose tackle uh, tank booker a ton of accolades for him listed here Dave but he takes a gray shirt year before coming to Maryland what's your take on him he's a linebacker a spot Maryland needs some help at um which guy was that again I'm sorry Andrew Bam Booker oh Booker okay um yeah um I think he's gonna play the jack spot at Maryland so um he's obviously uh he's obviously a, a at Witten Woods in Cincinnati, he showed good pass rush ability and, you know, the ability to attack the quarterback and get into the backfield. Um, but the knock was that he was very, very raw in terms of, you know, his uh, his footwork and his hand placement and things like that. Um, haven't had to see him get – haven't had a chance to see him in a year. So um, I assume he's gotten better. We'll see. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that you – know, Maryland obviously needs pass rushers. Um, so, you know, we'll see what he's able to do in camp and if he can, uh, if he can work into that rotation. Yeah. And next Terps, on the list, or go ahead, Jack. The Terps signed two other linebackers today. Uh, one of those being Caleb Wheatland out of Virginia. He was rated a top 15 player in Virginia, according to ESPN. A lot of people seem to like him. What are your thoughts? Okay. Wheatland. Yeah. I got to see him in person. Um, I liked, I, I actually liked him better than I thought I would. Um, I wasn't quite sure that, that he was going to be at the level that he was. He was, he was really good at controlling the middle of that defense at Avalon. Um, he did a really good job getting off blocks, um, navigating the trenches and, um, knocked a few guys backwards too. Um, so yeah, I actually, I actually like Wheatland's upside. And I think that, you know, Obviously, with some of the guys they got there, like like a Barham and you know Hippolyte now, and I, I guess Gotay's coming back, um, it's going to be hard to work into that rotation right away at inside linebacker. But um, yeah, he's a guy down the road to watch um, if he keeps if he keeps working. He's got to work on his uh, change of direction and his drops and things like that a little bit. But I actually like Kale Wheaton. I think he's a really instinctual player and a, and a hard hitter and a, a good wrap up guy. So we'll see. I'm I'm actually pretty encouraged about his future. Right, and then the, the last linebacker to wrap up the linebacker room was Keelan Wyatt out of Server in Maryland. He's, he was rated a top 25 player in Maryland, and 
he tallied 77 tackles this past season for for his high school team. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Also saw him in person, liked him a lot. Um, behind Barham, he's probably um, the guy I like best on this defense uh, without having seen some of the other guys like, you know, Lionel Whitaker and some of those guys. But, um, yeah, just a really, really solid all-around player. Um, very heady, very instinctual. Um, doesn't doesn't have one great quality. He's not like a bar ham where he's a freak athlete or anything like that, but does pretty much everything well and doesn't really have any true deficiencies. Um, I just think he's a solid all-around player that's probably going to translate well to Maryland, and he'll probably be a solid all-around contributor. Um, that, that, that can probably get on the field pretty early because of that. And also, he's a really good special teams player. So I expect him to, to get on the field pretty early during his career. A guy that the staff was high on and that Maryland pursues near the end of the class, Gavin Gibson. He decommits from Navy. Uh, he br- go will enter a safety room where there's a lot of opportunity. Dave, what the, are the Terps getting with Gavin Gibson? Who they yeah, won really. over Virginia. Uh, yeah, very um, played corner originally. Um, has the speed to play corner, but moved to safety his senior year. Maryland's going to put him at safety. He's going to play sort of that free safety role. Um. He's a little undersized at 5'11", um, but has good range. Um, looks like he can he can go up and get the football, um, defend down the field. Um, so, yeah, it yeah, looks like it has good instincts, too. Um, I think he had, a, he had a bunch of interceptions this year. So um, that's always a good thing to see. Of course, it's a little different in college. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that, that has upside. Um, but, you, I mean, you always wonder why more – schools didn't come after him um, besides Maryland and Virginia uh, there. Um, and, you know, there could be a number of reasons for that. Um, maybe I could tell you more if I had a chance to see him in person. I didn't. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that, that looks like he could potentially fit the part, um, you know, other than the size at 5'11 is a little, uh, a little concerning there. But uh, he should he has the speed definitely and the instincts and the ball skills. So we'll see how that translates. Yeah, and always a big positive for the staff when they're able to get any player over Virginia that uh, both schools are pursuing. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and next on the list is Lavian Scruggs out of Archbishop Spaulding, who's actually teammates with Keelan Wylett uh, out of Baltimore, Maryland. He was rated the number 21 player in Maryland. Dave, what'd you like from him? Uh, yeah, uh, all those Spaulding guys, um, and, you know, I saw – John Venerable and and the other guys and the guys going to Virginia Tech, they're all sort of this. They're all sort of the same. Um, <laughs> and I, even the coach says that Kyle Schmidt, who's a, who's a good friend of mine, um, you know, they they all sort of do the same thing. It's like uh, some of them are a little more talented than others, but you know, they're all instinctual players. They're all high character guys. They all do a lot of different things well, and they all play special teams. So um, I don't think that. I don't think that that Scruggs is quite at the level of a Wyatt. Um, you know, he's got some things to work on with his, you know, uh, with his uh, his past defenses drops and things like that. But he's a he's a pretty solid player, and it wouldn't surprise me if he worked in the rotation eventually. I don't think that he's not a guy that I project as a starter. But you know, you always need um, depth pieces um, and guys that can that that can that can rotate in behind the starters and he, i mean he's he looks like he probably could develop into a pretty solid piece for them dave you hit on one point that i really like there they all play special teams well uh maryland oh, use some guys that do that yeah yeah no doubt no doubt although yeah, well i don't want to throw a coach under the bus but i have a feeling they can play special teams they just weren't 
maybe <laughs> in the proper position. <laughs> to <do> yeah. It. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. So, <laughs> well, yeah, every team does it. So it's not, it's not like having a fantastic offense or defense, you know, you just kind of, it's all about position and, and stuff like that. And I'm sure uh, we may see some adjustments made at, right. at, at around the right. special teams. From I, Maryland. I would assume, I would assume so, but we won't uh, speculate that here. So <laughs> Daniel Owens, the next guy on the list at a Calvert hall up in Baltimore and MIAA all conference player. He's a multi-sport athlete. Uh, Maryland has him listed. They chose the Terps over Penn state Rutgers and Syracuse. So a handful, a, a local recruit win there. What do you see out of the three-star uh, at a Calvert hall? Oh yeah. Daniel Owens. Um, saw him play in person. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a guy that, that that's going to need, that's going to need a couple of, couple of years. Um, remember Maryland had targeted a few other edge rushers and when they weren't able to pull them in, they, they sort of doubled back and offered Owens and um, well, they, they had offered him, but they, 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 uh, they sort of backed off a little bit then made a push um, cause they, they decided they needed an edge rusher. Um, he's a guy that, that that's, he's got some upside. He's got good size and length, which I like. And, you know, he's, he goes hard. He plays to the whistle and things like that. Um, needs to work on hand placement, power, um, rush moves um, and things like that. And we'll, we'll just see how, how he develops. Um, you know, uh, Maryland has some solid young edge rushers coming up, like, you know, Daryl Jackson, guys like that. Um, and we'll see what Owens is able to do behind some of those guys. Um, it's all going to depend on how he takes to camp and the coaching and, you know, what kind of work he puts in. So. All right. looks like uh, Lionel Whitaker, who we already mentioned is our last guy to really get in depth on. He's out of Tallahassee, Dave. No, you didn't get down there to see him. Uh, what's your take? He had some big programs. Take a look at him. Maryland ends up landing the 5'11", 170 pound corner out of uh, Tallahassee. Uh, is that which one? That's that's Rickards, right? A lot of Rickards you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, a guy that the I heard good things from the staff about him. They uh they liked him a lot. They they come they, I think they think that he's he could be another Tarheep still guy, like a three star guy that that quickly ascends the depth chart. I think I wrote that. Um, they like his ball skills. Um, they think that he was sort of underrated with some of the offers that he got. He didn't get a ton of power fives. Um, maybe only like three or four. Um, so, uh, I think they think they got a steal with that one. Um, you know, staffs always love all their players, so we'll see, but, uh, he's a guy that I would pay attention to, especially since he's the only true corner in this class. Um, and we'll see how quickly he's able to, uh, how quickly he's able to, to rise up the depth chart, but he's a, he's a guy that, that I'm actually watching and, um, that I think could, that I think could carve out a role kind of like, you know, Corey Coley carved out a role out of Florida in his first year corner, um, you know, made some freshman mistakes, but, you know, showed flash some talent and, you know, uh, um, uh, Whitaker could possibly do the, uh, the same thing. With that wrapping up all the players that Maryland was able to sign in the early signing period today, we now look to the future and specifically, specifically coach Loxley mentioned in his press conference earlier today that, while they made the bulk of their signings today, they're still looking at kids who haven't made their decisions or they're looking at the transfer portal. So, Dave, who do you see in the transfer portal that Maryland could potentially snag or uh, as as the signing period escalates and moves forward? Yeah, the, the big one is the, the guy that officially visited the last weekend before signing day, the Alabama offensive lineman, um, Pierce Quick, um, is a guy that that they're pro- projecting to Maryland. Um, he's a you – know, uh, 
guy that so, sort of enjoyed, really enjoyed his, uh, his trip here. And um, Maryland seems like uh, it's in the driver's seat to land him, which would be huge. He's a guy that could step in and, uh, and contribute right away. Um, and then the other guys, uh, there, there's some other guys that are knocking around a little bit. Like, you know, there's a Florida receiver, Jacob Copeland, a North Carolina linebacker, Eugene Asante. But the main guys, they want, it, they want an offensive lineman. Um, you know, they might take a corner. They definitely need a quarterback. Um, the, the names haven't popped up yet, but they will in time. We're gonna we're gonna see a bunch more names um, on the transfer portal in the coming days, weeks um, that they're gonna go after. Um, and remember, transfers can come at any time. They can come now. They can come in the spring um, or you know early spring before camp starts and things like that. Um, later in the winter, um, there, there's no there's no rush to get these guys right now. Yeah. Um, and Ron will probably see how things develop. And uh, and bring in a bring in a few of these guys, and then maybe maybe there'll be ones or two stray high school prospects that pop up late that they're able to get in on. Um, but I don't think they're going to take a chance um, on a guy. I think like I think they wanted two or three corners in this class. They only took one. They would rather take one and then maybe use the transfer portal rather than taking a chance on a taking a chance on a high school guy that they're not particularly high on. So we'll see. Um, I think that they're going to, they're going to mind transfers more than anything else. Um, you know, maybe another Juco pops up, you know, we'll just have to see. And Dave, who is your sleeper? I know I always ask you this question every time I do this show, who's your sleeper guys or, or your player that's going to pop for Maryland early in his career. Uh, as in freshman year or freshman sophomore. I mean, I, I mean, usually I, I, go for a freshman year. If you have one in mind that you think yeah, might I mean, uh, make a big impact. I mean, I, I really, I do like Deary. Um, I do like him a lot. I just not sure if he's going to be physically ready his freshman year. I think it's going to take him a year um, before he's ready to take over that center spot. But, you know, I guess Johnny Jordan played as a freshman, right? So I guess we'll, we'll see there. So that, that, that would be one. Um, as far as, as far as, uh, as freshman year impacts uh, sleepers, um, maybe, maybe Wyatt. I like Kellen Wyatt a lot out of Spalding. He's really good. And then, um, and then obviously if, uh, depending how the receivers develop, um, Octavian Smith's a guy that could, that, that could easily make an impact. Um, if he, if he shows, uh, if he puts the, uh, the fundamentals to that, to that speed and quickness that he has. So those would be, those would be some guys that I would point to. You know, Dave, and, and you kind of made a point there where you said Johnny Jordan played as a freshman. I, I looked down the list and, and not that they got any huge gets, uh, on either sides of the line, but even if they did, you know, it's kind of nice to be looking at a team that's got a fairly year-over-year uh, -year progression on both the offensive and defensive line. We're not really that pressed for any of these guys except maybe uh, Barham if he can get into the inside linebacker. There's not one or two of these guys I'm looking at saying they have to work out and really play this year. It's kind of uh, both nice and shows the development of the program that they're in that spot right now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you definitely don't want – if you're in a position where you need freshmen to, to be able to contribute, other than maybe running back, um, yeah, you're, gonna, you're, in, you're in some trouble um, because you gotta have, you got to have guys that, with experience playing, playing key spots uh, just because it's such a big jump from high school to college and, um, you know, very few are able to do it effectively. Um, and usually the guys that can are, are snapped up by the Alabamas and – Clemson's and of the world and things like that. So, um, you know, uh, it's a solid class. Um, you know, obviously it was, it looked a lot better today than it did, you know, 
48, 72 hours ago or whatever, um, before Brown, Barham, and, um, and, and those guys came on board, which uh, obviously raised the profile. They got some good, solid developmental pieces and then some linemen that, you, that, that Raswell is going to have to develop. So, you know, it's there. It's just a matter of, you know, who's going to work out and who's not. Because, you know, as, as we know, looking back at past classes, um, a lot of guys just, you know, don't pan out. They, they end up transferring. And now guys transfer out at the, at the slightest um, – at, at, at the slightest misstep or whatever, you know, Maryland's Maryland's 2021 class uh, top 20 in the country and, you know, top, top five in the big 10 and lost its two top, <laughs> top guys. And now it doesn't look as good as it, as it did. So, you know, with, with the, with this transfer portal, you never know um, who's going to stick around and uh, who's going to stick with you and develop and, and things like that. So, you know, right now it, solid, solid class looks good. Um, we'll see who makes it through. All right, Dave, as always, we appreciate it. Tell the Young Terps listeners where they can find you on Twitter and on Terrapin Times. Yep. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, terrapintimes.com and um, at MD Terrapin Times on Twitter. All right. Thanks, Dave. And I uh, love doing this show with you every year. It's always exciting to talk about what Maryland's got coming in. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, thanks Dave. So much. All right. Yep. Thank you. And that was Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times. As always, we thank him for jumping on with us. It's always one of our favorite episodes. Uh, of the year. He had some really good points and analysis on the Terps. We'll be back later this week as we get closer to the Pinstripe Bowl and Terps basketball gets back going. And as always, thanks for listening.